Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Good morning, wherever you're uh, joining us this morning from. I've seen this morning some people from Africa, some people from the UK, uh, some people from Princeton, some people from uh, up by Vanderhoof and all kinds of different places all around the province, all around the world. Wherever you are, welcome. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but there's an ancient tradition of the church, uh, not just, I'm talking about the global church, that on Easter Sunday morning, on Resurrection Sunday, the speaker would say, he is risen. And the people would respond, he is risen indeed. So wherever you are, even if you're in your living room by yourself this morning, I'm going to say he is risen. And I invite you to just speak it out loud. He is risen indeed. Here we go. He is risen. One more time. He is risen. Amen. So good. We're just so grateful for Easter, for Resurrection Sunday, where we get to gather uh, online like this or like we did this morning uh, uh, right by the ocean in person and celebrate and honor Jesus. We're so grateful that he gave his life so that the sin of our past, present, and future could be nailed to the cross. We're so thankful that he rose again in newness of life and offered us the opportunity that whatever has been conquering us can be conquered by him. That anything is possible because of Jesus and what happened on this Resurrection Sunday. It's the most important day in the Christian calendar. It's the most important day in history. It's the story of God coming to man. And, you know, it's, Christmas is great, but Easter makes Christmas meaningful. Without Easter, Christmas is just a bunch of gifts and a story of a little baby uh, 2,000 years ago. But because of Easter, because of resurrection, everything changes. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I invite you to turn in your Bible if you have one, or you can go online. I think they're going to be also on the screen in front of us. Matthew 28, uh, 1, to, 1 to 8. Says after, so this is Sunday morning, uh, after Good Friday. Uh, Daniel touched on it this morning uh, at the beginning of the service. And so we're going to pick up the story after Friday, after Saturday. And here we are on the first day of the week. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. He rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. In other words, he was not of this world. The guards were afraid of him and they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place. Oh, yep, where he has laid. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away to the tomb, afraid 
Because look at everything has changed. We've just had an encounter with, with heaven, but they were also filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee for there they will see me. It was early on the first Easter morning. And as I said this morning in our uh, sunrise service, from our perspective, this is a great day. But the very first Easter Sunday morning was a day of confusion. It was a day filled with dread. And when the little grass that grows in that area of the world might have been a little bit of moisture of the dew on it, the sun is just beginning to shine. The cool breeze is blowing of early Easter Sabbath or first day of the week. But the small band of women making their way to the tomb of Jesus, hope was in short supply. Their spirits had been crushed by the same, seemingly the same nails that had pierced the hands and the feet of Jesus. And they were discouraged, disheartened, and felt defeated. What would life look like now? And all they wanted to do was to complete the burial process that had begun and was hurriedly done just a couple of days before, and they wanted to, they brought those spices and that was the way that they, they preserved the body and prepared it for burial in those times. And as they walked along the tomb, towards the tomb, another gospel reminds us that they said to themselves, but who's going to roll away the stone? It's closed up. There's no way we can get to Jesus. And the one that had preached forgiveness the one that had preached hope, the one that had preached and made the way for reconciliation between God and man and between all of humanity, he was seemingly locked up behind a closed door. See, doors are interesting because when you open a door, you have an opportunity to step in out of where you are into a new space. What was in that space disappears seemingly when you enter into this space, almost walking off the screen. When you go through the door from your kitchen into your living room, you enter into a new space with new, everything about it is new. When you step into the doorway of an airplane, you step into a place filled with possibility. And one day I hope to be able to do that again, where I can step into an airplane and go into spaces and places that are vastly different from where I was on the other side of the door. You can come into, you can stand at the doorway of a house and go from outside to inside and from inside to outside where everything is vastly different between the two spaces. And this space that we talk about this morning, when you go through an open door, you have the opportunity to see everything changed. What seemed to have been locked up was simply a doorway into another dimension, a doorway into hope, a doorway into forgiveness, a doorway into reconciliation. But the door at that moment was closed. And some might feel right now that the door to a life that you had thought would be possible for you seems to be closed. You might feel like the door to a life of meaning and purpose has been locked up and sealed up and might be wondering, for some of us, what will it look like when I go through the door into eternity? Maybe you feel like some doors have been closed for you over this past year. 
Maybe you're frustrated where it seems like evil has seemed to move forward in so many spaces that you feel the door of hope closed. Perhaps you've been angry at unexpected loss. Maybe you're someone that was close to you has abandoned you and your relationship with them, whether a friend or a spouse or a loved one. I wonder if there's anyone who feels like doors have been closed to them because of the pain that you're experiencing. Perhaps you're processing the grief of someone else's addiction where stones of doubt seem to have locked things up, where stones of discouragement, stones of dread, stones of defeat, and for some even stones of death. And despite all our technology, despite all our philosophies, despite all of our self-help, our efforts, our, all the things that we have, we are still messed up. We are failing miserably, more divided, more hatred, more depression, more loneliness, more pain, more brokenness, more darkness, and a world gone crazy. And that's why the Easter story is so important. And that's why we remind ourselves the stone was rolled away. The door was open. In Romans 8, it says this, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give to life to your more mortal bodies. In other words, Easter power can open what has been closed. Easter power can make the dead come alive. Easter power can make the impossible possible. Easter power can close the door of devastation and open a door of hope. Resurrection power can change anything. Resurrection power can change anyone. Resurrection power means I cross over from where I was and open a new open door that has been opened and step into what God always intended for me and through me. Resurrection reminds us that the stone has been rolled away. Death could not hold Jesus. Death cannot hold you. Death made the impossible possible, not just for Jesus, but for you. Wherever you're sitting right now, whatever situation you're facing right now, whatever devastation's been wrought in your life, it might be the, de the worst year of your life. It might have been the worst day of your life, but Easter reminds us that the stone has been rolled away and Death could not hold you back because Jesus is alive. Jesus' death and resurrection opens a way into a new life for everyone who hears and responds to the message of hope found in Jesus. Because he, I want to highlight three doors this morning that Jesus opened to you. More than this, but just three that we're going to highlight this morning. The first door is he opens the door of forgiveness. He opens the door of forgiveness. And one, uh, Romans 5 says this, one of the writers of the, gospel, of the epistles writes this. He says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrates or shows his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ 
died for us. Well, we still hated him. Well, we still wanted nothing to do with him. Well, we were rejecting him. Well, we say, God, I don't know you. I don't want to know you. Jesus still went to the cross, not because we deserved it, not because we earned it, but because he was motivated by love. He was motivated to pull people out of the bondage of sin. He was motivated to pull us out of the sin that's devastating us or has been devastating our family, devastating our nation. He opens the door of forgiveness. I love what Romans 6 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Where we deserve death, Jesus opened the door of life. Where we deserve death, Jesus opened the door of life. Where our sin has brought pain and devastation and brokenness, the door of forgiveness. You might have had the worst year of your life, but the door of forgiveness opens. Easter power broke out of the power of death, hell, and the grave so that you and I can cross over where sin has held us, where sin has destroyed us, where sin is destroying our families in our nation and the world around us. The door of forgiveness has been opened. We expect rejection, but he welcomes us through the door of forgiveness. We expect condemnation, but he opens wide the door to salvation because the door of forgiveness is there. Easter is this wonderful opportunity for all of us, whether we've known Jesus for a long, long time or you don't even know that you're right with God. It's this opportunity. It opens the door to a fresh start. It opens the door because Jesus opened the door of forgiveness. He did not just come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. For what, Because when we were dead in our sins, Jesus went to the cross and said, I'm going to die for you and enable you to go through a doorway of forgiveness, to pass from death and go through a doorway of forgiveness into life for every one of us. It reconciles us to God. He not only opens the door of forgiveness, he opens the door of restoration in our present. And when the, there's, when the people of God were in the Old Testament were returning to God, and one of the prophets used this analogy of what it would look like, a farming analogy, when you return to God. He said in Joel 2 and 25, so I will restore. Some of you need to hear that word this morning. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. And you're like, what about locusts? Locusts just go through and kill and eat everything. They eat the fruit, they eat the, the plant, and they leave devastation in their wake. The enemy might have been swarming and swirling around your life and maybe even right now as you sit in your bed and you're wondering and worrying about what the future holds for you. You're, you've tried to change things in yourself and you're like, all I have around me is devastation and there's problems and I'm not able to move forward. But the enemy might be crawling and bringing devastation. He might be consuming everything good in your life. He might be chewing through your hope, destroying your family and your relationships. But 1 Peter 2 and 25, 24 says that he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. In other words, 
By his wounds, we are healed. Where there's been devastation, we can move from a space and a place of where sin has had its way. We can now begin to live for righteousness. God can begin to restore because Jesus opens a door of restoration and he closes the door to devastation and opens the door to restoration. Where there's been devastation, because of Easter power, restoration is opened. Where there's been uh, no way forward, where you haven't been able to see the way forward. Jesus brings restoration to the wanderer. You don't just have to run out the string of your life and just wait until you die. Easter power makes the impossible possible. He's, it's not over till he says it's over. I love what Romans 8 and 28 says, that God causes all things to work together for your good. In other words, if you're not, if it's not good yet, he's not done yet. The door of restoration is open because of what Jesus did at the cross. The stone was rolled away and restoration is made possible for each and every one of us because Jesus still restores marriages. Jesus still restores hope. Jesus still sets addicts free. Jesus still restores family. Jesus still restores each and every one of us that will open the door and say, Jesus, I want to walk through from death to life. I want to walk through from devastation to restoration. The door of forgiveness is open. The stone is rolled away. The door of restoration is open. The stone is rolled away. And he opens the door of hope for your future. What's going on in the world around us? So many crazy things. I'm so, the scripture is so powerful. And I'm reading in, out of Romans 5 in the message translation. It says this, by entering through faith, there it is, by entering, I'm going through a doorway, by entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us. He's always wanted to do this for you. What is it? He wants to set us right with him, make us fit for him so that we have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. We think we're taking the initiative, but the reality is we start, we open a door and he is there. He's already thrown open his door to us. And what does it go on to say? We find ourselves standing where we always hope we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. In other words, the shame is broken. In other words, the hopelessness is broken. In other in other words, there's a new door of hope for everyone this morning. Now, there are some people this morning who are hopeless. There are awful things happening around the world. They see it. They contemplate what's going on in their own life. They see the, the, the inevitable uh, death that all of us face, and they're filled with despair. Some are hopeless. And there are other people who are very optimistic. They look around and they see the beauty of creation. They're filled with awe. It looks so good. They look for the best in others. They try and do good. They help their fellow man. They try to make the world a better place. And in many cases, they succeed. And they are confident that in spite of it all, everything will turn out right. They just hope it will work. However, this is not the living hope that the scripture talks about because it's just based on unfounded optimism. But apart from God's intervention, things will not turn out all right. Ultimately, every person on earth will one day die and stand before God. And for those apart from Jesus Christ, it will not turn out well. So some people are hopeless. 
their hope is gone. Some people are hopeful, but it's an unfounded hope. And some have a living hope. That is a hope that is founded on the reality of the promise of God and on the door of hope that has been thrown open wide by the sacrifice, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A door of hope, a living hope. Jesus is opened a new way. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And as we leave a tumultuous last 12 months, it is helpful to remember that God has a plan for our lives and he gives a hope and he gives a future through Jesus. In Jesus, there is hope. In Jesus, there is a future. In Jesus, there is a plan. In Jesus, there is a destiny. In Jesus, you can be free. In Jesus, there's hope for your family. In Jesus, there's hope for your life. In Jesus, there's hope for your business. In Jesus, there's hope, there's hope, there's hope. There's hope that when you one day pass away as we all will. There's hope that when you stand before God, you will be able to answer the question, why should I let you in to my heaven? Can I tell you this morning that there is a door open for you. Will you go through? And I'm talking to everyone this morning because sometimes when you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time, this whole concept of a door of forgiveness, the concept of a door of restoration, this concept of a door of hope, you think, yeah, 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 but I'm just living my life. That we would have a fresh encounter with the reality of the living hope of Jesus. And for those of you that don't know Jesus and are not sure where you stand with God, can I tell you for all of us that God is already throwing open his door for you. Jesus said this, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes in me, him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over, has gone through the doorway from death to life. We want to be right with God and we're aware that there's this gap between us, where we're at and where God, what God requires. Because perfection is the entry to heaven. But Jesus reminds us we can go through the door if we'll hear and we will believe. Intuitively, we know, all of us, that we're in trouble. Sin and pain have done a number on us. It's doing a number in our world. We're conscious of our own brokenness. We're aware of our sin. We want to do life better. We want to be a better man, a better woman, a better person, a better spouse. That's why we work so hard. We strive, and we strive, and we strive to do better with our life, hoping that at the end of the day, we'll be able to open the door. In fact, nearly every religion is built on this premise. Do these good deeds to attempt to outweigh the bad things that you have done, that you participated in, the things you're ashamed of. Do this act of kindness to get some good points or give this money to make up for some bad things. And we hope and we work and we strive to be good enough. But here's the question, how good is good enough? Compared to who? And this is where Christianity is different. This is where following Jesus is different. 
Because where religion says, do, do more, do more, do more, it's never done. It's never enough. Christianity says, because of Jesus, it's done. It's done. In fact, at the cross, the last words out of Jesus' mouth were, it is finished. I paid the price. The debt is paid. I'm opening, throwing open wide a door of forgiveness, a door of restoration, a door of hope. That has been paid. Wherever you're at right now, I just want this last couple minutes, just listen really closely. Stop fussing or rustling around in your living room or wherever you are. Scripture says this, that one of the writers of the epistles said, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to know Christ and I want to be in a relationship with him so that I can experience the power of the resurrection. And verse 11 goes on to say this, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Easter is not meant to be just a holiday that we mark. It's not meant to be just a, something that happened in history. It's meant to be something that is affecting your history and your destiny that you can experience personally. Easter power means that everything that has been conquering us can be conquered by Him. Easter power is available to us to be who we're always been called and designed by God to be, to do what He's called us to do. Easter power not only opens a new de destination in heaven, it's meant to change your journey. Easter power is not just meant to be celebrated, it's meant to be experienced. But you can't have any of it without knowing Christ. You can't have any of it without knowing Christ. I want to know Christ. How do you know? How do you do this? See, it's not a church decision. Only one thing can help you and I, and that is Jesus. In fact, in the scripture, he calls himself the door, interestingly enough. Through Jesus, the doorway has been thrown wide open for everyone available so you have, that you can walk through. Whatever your past looks like, whatever sin you're currently struggling with, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to get cleaned up so that you can walk through the door. When you say, Jesus, will you, will you, I want to come through that door this morning. I, I want to surrender my life to you. I want to know you so that I can experience forgiveness for my past, my present, and my future. I want to know you so that the restoration of my life can happen so I can be put on a pathway to become who you've called me to be. That no matter what's happening around me, no matter what's gone on, gone on inside of me, no matter what other people have done to me, that what has been done to me will not define me, but restoration is possible. That I want to know you so I can walk through the door of hope. Hope for my today and hope for my eternity. I want to experience you 
and your resurrection power in my life. And to become a follower of Jesus and experience his power in your life is simply to humbly receive God's great gift of forgiveness and to commit to following his leadership. And when we do that, he adopts us into his family and begins to change us from the inside out. The only thing that you need to do today is it's a decision. Will you walk through the door of hope, the door of restoration, the door of forgiveness found in Jesus and say, it's time. Some of you, you've been fiddling around at the edges for a long, long time. And you know today's time. You've tried everything. You've tried this and you've tried that. It's time. It's time to come through the door that God has thrown wide open for you, for me. It's time for Easter power to be released in your life. Yeah. It's time for resurrection power in my life. It's time that I begin and take the first step in a vital spiritual journey. The door is open to forgiveness, to restoration, to hope. And as I pray in a moment, we're going to do communion, but I'm going to pray. Jesus, I thank you that you have thrown open wide, not just cracked it open, but you've thrown open wide the door uh, and you've invited us to return home. So Lord, for every person that right now knows that this is the time, this is the day, Lord, I thank you that as we repent and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, we begin a journey of forgiveness, of restoration, of hope. But today we begin and step through the door and say, God, I need you. Come into my life, forgive me, and lead my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. If you made a decision for Jesus, maybe for the first time, or you're rededicating your life to him, I think there's going to be a link in the chat where you can connect with us and let us know. Uh, the, those on the chat will, will let, let you know how you can do that. But now we're going to receive communion. No, I'm good. The band can make their way on while we're starting on here. Communion is just simply a moment where we remember and receive afresh what God has done for us. Communion, a little wafer or a cracker or whatever you have on hand, says, this is my body, Jesus said, broken for you. And now take, whenever you meet together, take and eat this in remembrance of me. Remember that his body on the cross was broken so that we can be made whole. So we remember and we receive afresh and we thank you, Jesus, for your body. The, the juice or the wine reminds us of his blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins so that we can be made right with God. So we thank you, Jesus, that you're, that you died on the cross, that you rose again in newness of life, that resurrection power cannot just be read about, but can be experienced. Thank you for forgiving our sin. Thank you for opening a new and living way. Thank you for opening a door wide. In Jesus' name, amen. 
We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.